0: What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a nice little host of topics for you today, but with me as always, a man who to me is like Bayern scoring goals for fun in the Bundesliga. It's Billy. Uh,
1: it's nice that you can make light of your, your team ruining your league, but we'll get onto that later.
0: We'll get to the contentious topics in a bit.
1: But like Lewis said, we have a whole host of topics and we'll start in the Premier League where United against Liverpool is the biggest topic of conversation. But we're not going to focus on the Reds of Manchester. We're going to focus on the Reds of Liverpool. And uh, there's a significant loss they had over the summer and it seems to be affecting them more than most people expected it to. Then we're going to take a look at Chelsea and their 3-0 loss to Leeds. There's no focal point in that Chelsea attack. We'll see if we can find them a striker. And then we'll move over to the Bundesliga where the Bremen late, late show again. But what is going on at Dortmund? And as we said, we'll have a look at the fact that the title is pretty much already wrapped up in Germany. And we'll have a look at the unserious contenders for the title. But let's get into it. Can we
0: just... Uh, yes, yes. Just get it. Just get it out of your system because it does rarely happen. It does rarely happen. I'll give you that much.
1: It does rarely happen uh, that my
0: uh, football club do anything good. Yeah, but they've been doing some stuff well on and off the pitch last week. They yeah,
1: very true. But it was never it was the United's first league victory against Liverpool since a two-one win in March twenty eighteen. When we were managed by Jose Mourinho,
0: that's depressing. That stat is actually depressing. I'm not going to lie with you. I'm not going to lie to you. That's eight matches in the league. Eight. It it, yeah. yeah.
1: FA Cup doesn't count. That's just in the league. But for as good as United were, because the the two goals were fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, I've never seen two contrasting performances from last saturday against brentford to monday just gone against liverpool but for as good as united were liverpool were that bad
0: which is funny because jürgen klopp went out of his way to basically excuse the performance in his post-match press conference he he genuinely said you know oh yeah well you know united they, they were playing at home so obviously they're going to be uh putting some pressure on and yeah, you know, we, we took a little bit and it was very hectic at the beginning of the game, but, it, you know, we we got there in the end and we started to get into the game and we also had our chances and, you know, we, we have the quality to play and, um, you know, he just went on and on and on. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, you know, Jurgen Klopp either knows what he's doing and he's trying to basically deflect the criticism, if you will, onto him and basically tell, basically have the whole media talking about the fact that Klopp's lost the plot because he's... Uh, he's basically trying to excuse a performance like that. Or he's actually lost the plot. I'm hoping it's the former.
1: It's probably the former because M- Mourinho used to do this. He used to say outlandish things to turn exactly. the media attention yeah. onto him and not how bad the team had performed. But there's there's issues at Liverpool. I mean, when when you've got James Milner... Having to tell Van Dyke how to defend. Something's not right there. No, <laughs> you know, I, I get that Jean Matip's injured. I get that Canate's injured. You know, Joe Gomez is is a good centre half in his own right, but it was the first time Van Dyke and Gomez had started a Premier League game together since the seven-two defeat to Aston Villa.
0: That's not exactly something uh you want to think about as a Liverpool fan, obviously. And it was one of those anomalies, but still, I mean, that is very showing or very telling. If you know that centre back partnership was responsible for that,
1: I I don't know, but there was uh, look Eric Ten Hag took two massive decisions. Okay. He dropped Harry Maguire and partnered Rafael Varane with Lissandro Martinez, who was incredible. I don't want to hear any more chat about he's too small to play in the Premier League, because he's not lost an aerial duel, and he was ridiculous. You know, this is your last call to jump on the Lissandro hype train, otherwise you're not allowed back on.
0: Oh, it was unbelievable, that one sequence where he goes to block a shot and then recovers to block another shot on the goal line.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, when Bruno kicked it at him and everyone was like, well, had he been a little bit taller, it would have gone in off his shoulder.
0: <laughs> I'm but... sorry. Well, you can you can always find something to, to criticize. But at the end of the day, people just don't want to accept the fact that someone who is barely six foot is actually a good centre-back in the Premier League.
1: All I'm going to say is Fabio Cannavaro and Carlos Puyol might have something to say about that.
0: But the other one, the
1: other massive call was dropping Ronaldo.
0: Oh, big, big, big call.
1: And everyone was like, oh, well, clearly he's going to start with Anthony Martial because he's back in training and he was so good in preseason. But he didn't. He started with Alanga on the left, Sancho on the right and Rashford through the middle. And it worked. You know, we could say all the stuff we wanted to about how good United were, but Trent Alexander Arnold again is being found out when it comes to his defensive abilities. Attacking wise, you know, I said it to people during the game. His passing range is stupid good. Yeah. Yeah. If you could you know, make him a central midfielder would solve all of the problems that Trent has, because he wouldn't have to defend as much.
0: Yeah, I'd still say that as a central midfielder, you need to be able to, you know, throw your body on the line, like, you know, as Casemiro does, for instance, he is one of those breakup players. And I just thought I'd drop him because you wanted to make some serious fun of me for sending you a fake Fabrizio Romano account, who basically announced Casemiro to United was a done deal what happened two days later Casemiro went to united for the exact same amount of money as stated on the fake transfer uh guru account just saying i'm not hearing a single word from you about that none absolutely none it happened just as that account said two days later fabrizio romano didn't get get it out that quick sorry It's Sorry. okay. I, I just Go had on. to I just had to I just had to get that off my chest. Cuz you were trying to say 2-1 bill, you know. No, no. Breathe. No, no. Take,
1: take a step back.
0: No. This is this has gotten under my skin. I've been waiting the whole week. Whole week to say this. No. No, I'm I'm not calming down. <laughs>
1: I, I I can't be angry cuz I'm very happy about it. But
0: this isn't exactly. some United. But, yeah. This isn't something United. Getting loving... back to the, yeah. Exactly, getting back to the to the issue at hand. So that's a bold shot. You would put Trent Alexander-Arnold in the central midfield position.
1: Yeah, because he can't defend. Set pieces, fantastic. His attacking quality, fantastic. His passing range, again, stupid good. But we saw it, you know, Anthony Alanga had him on skates. And then in the second half, Rashford moved out there. Again, completely you might as well have not been there
0: for most of the game. Yeah, but... I mean it's but but it's it's hard it's hard to say because he was touted as being one of the best if not the best right backs in football about a year or two ago.
1: Look I I know fullbacks now are more attacking than they used to be and this isn't
0: well, obviously, this yeah. This isn't football still.
1: dinosaur coming out or anything, but Reece James can do it both. Can do it yeah. both. Reece James can do both. Carl Walker, I know he's not having the best time of it at the moment, but Carl Walker can do both.
0: Reece James is right now playing actually as a centre back in Chelsea's crazy ass lineup.
1: So it would solve some issues, but then again, you'd have to bring in a right back, and there's a shortage of high quality right backs.
0: I was about to say the only right back who had been on the market last season, we snapped up. And he's not even playing for us. <laughs> yeah,
1: because Bonjamin Pavar has decided he wants to start playing football properly.
0: I was about to say the guy is a is a freaking machine, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um but yeah there is there isn't really much to go on for Liverpool at the minute because you know as as we've said you know Van Dyke just did not seem like the tower in defense that everyone knows him to be. Um, Milner is basically, as we said, having to tell him how to defend. And the, the thing you mentioned that could be the missing puzzle piece is their main striker, who is now left to go and score goals in Munich, and that's Sadio Mane. Do you think that they don't have enough quality up top with the likes of luis diaz diogo jota i know he was injured um but still roberto firmino uh and then obviously mo salah do you think that's not enough quality and that Mane really is that big of an issue that the fact that he left
1: no look they've got enough quality you know diogo jota is yeah that's what, he's he's injured that's at the I mean. moment but you know roberto firmino i think is probably. It's probably time, this will be his last season, I think, at Liverpool. I don't think he'll sign a new contract. I think it'll be, cheers, Bobby, but you've sort of done all you can.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's harder. It gets harder and harder because, obviously, I think I think the beginning of the end for Firmino was the signing of Diogo Jota because, at the time, not a, I don't think anyone expected that. Let's be real, like Diogo Jota having the impact that he did. But the minute everyone saw what Diogo Jota was capable of, everyone was like, I, right. well, Firmino's now just going to be the backup.
1: Yeah, look, obviously, Darwin Nunez getting that red card against Crystal Palace didn't
0: help. And he- I was about to say, we didn't even name him in that pool because he, you know, he's. Liverpool did sign a replacement for Mane as well. So I, I think it's it's you'd be hard-pressed to, to say, you know, they're missing Mane that much when they have, who can play across the front three, five players who I'd say are probably some of the best in the Premier League, if not in Europe. But you can't be telling me that that front three, who you could almost replace one-to-one twice, if that makes sense, they can't produce enough against the United team who up till then were definitely struggling. You would think that a team like Liverpool would have taken a look at that Brentford game and gone, I right, guys, we know what we have to do. I mean, taking away no credit from what United did, but still, this Liverpool team should be doing so much more than they are. And you have to start talking about, you know, a full-blown crisis at this point. They lose one more match, or they don't win the next match. You have one of the worst starts they've had in the last under Klopp, really.
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult because what Jurgen Klopp has done is unbelievable. he's, He's he's unbelievable. You know, it's but I won't have that they're the best team to ever play in the Premier League.
0: Well, obviously not. Which
1: is what some people were claiming at the time. You know, oh, this is the best team that's ever played in the... Well, you know, they're not even as good as the, the Centurions for City. They're not anywhere to say, close hard... to, you know, the Arsenal Invincibles. They're nowhere near the two United teams that won three in a row, or the one that and that won the treble. So
0: yeah, it's it's hard to argue that fact, especially when you say that Liverpool... Arguably have the best team in the club's history and are still missing out on the Premier League title because City are just so unbelievably good that they can make a 97-point season for Liverpool still come second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can't that argument that argument just doesn't fly just because of that. If City can make your best ever team still finish second, even though that team had a colossal 97 points, no. Not the best team in the league that goes probably to city at some point. you have to talk about that
1: uh, it's a conversation that we can have another time, but that Liverpool's next three games okay let me let me propose a hypothetical for you yeah, say they don't get anything or they fail to win, sorry, against Bournemouth, Newcastle, and Everton, which are their next three games, say they fail to win. Yeah. What do you do? You pull the trigger? Do you sack the coach? Do you? Oh hell
0: no! I'm um, not.
1: Because that's what I've seen on Twitter. People are being reactionary to no. two draws and, and a well, I'm going to call it a shock defeat.
0: Two draw. If if two draws and a let's still put it as a narrow defeat just from the scoreline. Yeah. Two-one loss to Manchester United. I think just looking at the level of the of the game being played in that match, losing two one to United, it can happen. Sometimes it does. The fact that they draw twice, they still manage to get points. We're not talking about a three-defeat start to the season. And some people saying Jürgen Klopp out after all that he's achieved. You don't think he could pull it around? Get your head out of your ass, man. Come on.
1: Because, okay, yeah, look, they've won a Carabao Cup. They've won an FA Cup. They've won the Champions League. And, you know, they've ended that massive wait for the Premier League. He's not built a dynasty, but he's completely changed the way that team, when he came in, after he took over from Brendan Rodgers, that team was dire.
0: Oh, mediocrity doesn't even begin to cut it.
1: So he's completely changed the way they play. He's changed the attitude. He's changed, you know, the players he's brought in as well. You know, Mohamed Salah will go down as one of the best forwards in the
0: Premier League. In Premier League history, without a shadow of a doubt.
1: So, you know, let's not get reactionary here. But what say they don't get anything out of those three games. What do you do? How do you change it? I know injuries are a factor. You know, it's it's difficult having Thiago injured again.
0: That's that's one of the main reasons I think that you know the, or I say one of the main reasons, probably one of the few reasons why Bayern fans might have been able to let Thiago go. As good as he is, he does have an injury track record, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I first of all, I think that. Jürgen Klopp is a good enough manager and he's got a good enough squad that they pull that pull that around and they write the ship. I don't think that, you know, as good as Bournemouth did have a start. No. I'm sorry. Liverpool do have the the quality, and you can't go spending a hundred million, obviously, yes, with add ons, but still, in all, it could be a hundred million package for Darwin Nunes. And um if you bring in players like that and add him to the colossal front three that you already have, there should, there's no excuse. And I, for for me, I really can't see a world in which not at least one of those games doesn't bring three points home. If it happens, you're going to have to be asking some serious questions. Um, but I think if you're a Jürgen Klopp, you've definitely got the skill set to and the team basically to be riding the ship in that sense.
1: Yeah, okay. Because Darwin Nunez is back for the Merseyside Derby on the third.
0: Yeah, and Everton haven't been, you know, they they still haven't fully recovered from the from the dire performances of last season, if we're being honest.
1: Again, it's it's a difficult one, but let us know what you think about Liverpool. Where do they go? Are there? Is this just a a blip? Is it an injury crisis? Would you sack Jurgen Klopp if you're gonna, you know, be reactionary? But uh, let us know as we'll uh we'll now talk about Chelsea.
0: And I mean, going from one club who've uh, had a sort of dire start to the season Chelsea I don't think anyone saw a 3 nil loss to Leeds coming their way in that Chelsea camp I'm mean, yes, looking yes. at some of the fan reactions from that they were just stunned it wasn't even pissed off it was stunned like 3 nil to Leeds did that actually just happen
1: but you know watching that game they just want you know that they pressed more they they wanted it more they it's, it's a cliche but they wanted it more you know they won second balls they you know the first goal that came about that howler from Edouard mendy
0: oh oh, we, we and we already had the goalkeeper howler session last week
1: yes we did
0: now, but now it's swapped over to the premier league jesus uh, look, I, I get
1: the want to play out from the back. I get it, but and I'm I'm just going to use this as a reference because it was a noticeable difference. United tried it against Brentford, didn't work. Against Liverpool, David de Gea went long every time. Yeah, just hoof it.
0: Because sometimes you, know, you have to. Yeah,
1: you know we oh, I was watching it in a pub with with mates and. We were talking about Brendan Aronson, who they signed, who Leeds has signed from Salzburg. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, it was either going to be him or Adeyemi that got the, in brackets, bigger move.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, yeah.
1: You know, Adeyemi went to Dortmund and Aronson has come to Leeds. Both are massive moves and both have started the seasons really well. Yeah, I, you know, and and then what? Four minutes later, from a set piece that I'm I'm gonna agree with Thomas Tuchel here wasn't a foul.
0: Except, yeah, okay, but even if you argued the foul, they still would have lost two nil.
1: Yeah, but what I mean is, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a foul. It it probably shouldn't have been a free kick, but we we've talked up Rhys James uh, but it was his man rodrigo that that lost him and scored
0: yes okay but put it this way I, even even the best players will have they'll have a blackout at some point but that whole chelsea team just had a blackout cuz you don't lose 3-0 taking nothing away from leeds because we all said you know, I think you even pegged Leeds to be one of the teams to go down this season, didn't you? I did, yeah. And
1: I've been shocked, actually, by how well Jesse Marsh has got them
0: playing. Exactly, because we have to give Jesse Marsh a ton of credit because he's got a team that is nothing special. But Leeds did go in. You know, they signed Aronson. They got Mark Rocca from Bayern, even though he was barely playing at Bayern and now he's showing that he can actually be of help you know it was just the fact that you know in a Bayern stacked midfield the guy was never getting any getting any playing time but Leeds is a perfect move for him because he's getting into that first team every time
1: well it was interesting because you know the the midfield partnership that they had against Chelsea it was Tyler Adams and Mark Rocker in the two holding positions exactly you know, the the two Bundesliga lads that have come in. And then you yeah. have Brendan Harrison, who came from Salzburg. They're sort of like, a, it's almost like a trifecta of that midfield three that have come from Bundesliga slash Austrian Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: And they're playing really well together. You know, they've also brought in Sinestra from Nord. Didn't start the game, but he came on. yeah. There's there's good things happening at Leeds. Uh, you know, I think now that Jesse Mars has come in, he's had a full preseason. They've sort of left that that phrase that really used to piss me off that Man. cavalier attitude that they had. Be Elsible. Is that why you got the sack?
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. They've they've fully left that behind them now, and they're basically they're they're trying to get the DNA of you know, the the Jesse Marsh football DNA into that that team. And he's doing well so far. You have to, I mean, it has to be said. And to basically show up Chelsea like that. But I think the the thing we have to talk most about here is Chelsea and the team they put out. Because you have Ruben Loftus-Cheek starting as a right wing back. In all honesty, Loftus cheek should be playing down the middle somewhere. Whether it be as a center back a center, I mean center back, center mid or a center attacking mid, one of the two, but a right wing back.
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult because obviously Angolo kante has got that that lengthy injury, so they're without that ever-present defensive rock.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you have to say it's definitely showing like you don't that that there's one guy who's not always running, always making that last ditch tackle, always being that pre-emptive defensive wall in front of Chelsea's back line. They're missing it massively.
1: Yeah. Look, okay, and Conor Gallagher is very talented. He was fantastic for Crystal Palace last season. But there is a step up, there's a noticeable step up in one expectations at Chelsea and yeah. to the way they play. It's just going to be, you know, it's it's just different to how Crystal Palace would play.
0: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And I mean, I'm also one who's always going to say that Jorginho is just a tad bit too overrated.
1: I, I don't think you'd be alone in that. But it's further up the pitch that I think we need to focus on because they played Raheem Sterling and Kai Havertz almost as a, a front two, basically two almost strikers. Which I think and, at, at this level, yeah. unless you've got the setup to do it, like Manchester City had yeah, before they b- bought in Erling Haaland, it's difficult to do. Now, yeah, you know, uh, I believe Armando Brogier is injured. He wasn't on the bench. They are linked with Yang.
0: And the, the reports coming out of that one are that they've even agreed to a $22 million plus a further $5 million in bonus fees with Barca. So that actually could be going through pretty quickly. Those are the reports coming in, out of Spain anyway.
1: That I'm, I'm going to say it now. That, that would be some of the worst transfer business.
0: He'd be one of the most expensive over 30 players ever.
1: It's not just that. It's the fact that he's also a toxic presence, which we saw when he was at Arsenal. If things aren't going well or his way, he has a tendency to kick off like he did at Dortmund to force his move through to Arsenal in the first place.
0: You're not wrong. You it's, know. But it's, but it's the, fact that, the fact of the matter is that Chelsea just don't have a striker up top to play right now.
1: No, they don't, and
0: it. They're in dire need of one.
1: I know they don't utilize him very often, but it could get even worse if the uh, the reports are true that if Anthony leaves Ajax, that they're going to go back in for Ziyech. It's just another option that they. I I know they can sign more more players. The window's open until the first of September, but.
0: Well, first of September, my friend. It's next week. That is exactly. It does not like of time. like it's a month you say it like it's a month uh, month away it's it's next week, my friend. so because they're
1: a talented side, and I just want to touch on like you know, I, I watched the game. I didn't make much of Mark Cocon. and if I was Ben Chilwell, I know he's just come back from injury, but I would be in the manager's ear.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Wouldn't you, you
1: know, just just dropping it. I know you have to show it on the on the training pitch and that. And if you just spent sixty two million on a player, you're somewhat hesitant to drop them straight away.
0: But again, yeah, but I'm similar, sorry, sixty two million for Kukurea, Jesus Christ. Similar to the
1: Conor Gallagher situation. Very talented, yeah. very talented player. Did very well last year, but there is a noticeable step up
0: yeah and, uh, and I'm for, for the fact that they spent 62 million on Kukurea, and there were players like Matthias delict going for for you know seventy million just think about the difference in player you're getting for more or less the same money
1: the market is ruined but I don't know how they do things in Naples but uh over here, Kudabali, you can't clothesline people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I w- it, it was, a, it seemed like a moment of madness. Like everyone was hyping him up so much. He did so well. He scored, you know, the week before. Oh, and yeah, then all- that was a great goal. Yeah, I know it was a great goal, but Jesus Christ, man. It didn't take him very long.
1: <laughs> I know it isn't the attitude to have. And it would probably. This is probably going to get you know me slated by a lot of people. But you're three nil down at that point. Just let him run past you, and try and win it back. Instead yeah. Instead of you know grabbing the man right by the throat and hauling him to the ground because it it, it just you know, was this, such a
0: it you was fourth eighty fourth minute man. You like, can plead with the referee like gonna, yeah. all you
1: want. It's just not going to go your way. That is just a booking, whether you're on a yellow card or not.
0: Yeah, 100.
1: So there we go. Let us know who you would put up front for Chelsea. Is Aubameyang the right man? Who else would would you go out and buy if you were in charge of the transfer kitty? But let's move over from the Premier League and let's talk about the Bundesliga.
0: It's not every day you see a team down 2-0 in the 89th minute. And then that same team win
1: 3-2. there are no words. They did it last weekend as well to come back. I was about it. to say it's not like it's
0: not like it was it was a one one-off thing. They're known for this. Vera Brim have and this is a team who just managed to get themselves up after a one season stint in the second bundesliga where i mean obviously there were really <laughs> the amount of the the unlucky way in which they went down you know they were they could have finished anywhere from 14th to 17th and they end up finishing 17th because of the way other teams played obviously yeah they deserved it at the end of the day but you know we're talking about a team who spent a season in the second bundesliga and have had limited a or a limited amount of money to spend on big new signings in comparison to you know a nottingham forest for instance and they're taking the game to teams who should be going for it and gunning for the title in dortmund that is that is an unbelievable bit of team spirit for one and just sheer will to basically force the issue. Because if you're making it in six minutes, you're scoring three goals away. That's insane. Uh,
1: I don't know what's happening at Dortmund. And I will say this about Werder Bremen. Okay, it's fantastic that you're scoring in the 95th minute, but it's not always sustainable. You can't give a team a two-nil lead.
0: Obviously not. Like if, you know, if they did, we wouldn't be saying half you know, the we wouldn't be singing half the praise that we are now if the game had finished 2-0. Obviously, it would have just been more of a boilerplate. Yeah, okay, Dortmund should be doing the business versus Werder Brehm, it's all good. But can we just appreciate the fact that I think it's just that that kind of like that pastel pink kit that Werder Brehm have on that just seems to be the guaranteed last-minute point scrap. Because they did it against Wolfsburg, and then they did it here. Do, do you mean Stuttgart? Well, even arguably against Wolfsburg, the game was already pretty like they they got themselves yeah. a point pretty late, eighty-six minute.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'll shut up then.
0: <laughs> but don't worry, I, I know I know against Stuttgart it was it was also last minute, but uh, you know I was thinking because Wolfsburg they also played in the pastel pink kit, you know it was it was that type of deal but anyways,
1: I just want to present you with something and I, I'm going to start please. trying to patent these theories of mine.
0: I was about to say, because they sometimes do come true. AKA cause to union Berlin. Just, just going to
1: never letting that. go. I'm,
0: stro- I'm just going to stroke your ego there for a second. <laughs> Thank you.
1: But I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call this one. The, uh, the Julian Brandt paradox. So, uh, he scores a great goal. Yeah. You start to think maybe he could kick on and go on about this. Uh, he will then play horrendously badly, get dropped. He'll then score a great goal again.
0: You start to and we start in. the cycle from the beginning. Rinse and repeat. Exactly. It's
1: a similar thing to my question about Jonathan Tarr
0: yeah, last week. I was about to say, the inconsistency is just the issue and he's been a talent for like the better part of five years
1: when do you say uh, say pack it in no thanks
0: well here's the thing right people have already been saying you know that might be an issue to be looking at at this very moment in time you know it was a lot there were a lot of questions being asked you know will blunt stay will he maybe that he might be looking for a club that have a smaller pool of high-quality midfielders, if you will. Because, you know, Dortmund, as much as they might not be, you know, Bayern, Bayern level, they still, you know, have a sizable amount of good midfielders in that team. And obviously the the battle for starting spots is is always going to be high. And to think that at the time he moved from Leverkusen to Dortmund, Brandt was being linked heavily with Bayern as well as Dortmund. Think about the, a Julian Brandt going to Bayern. He probably wouldn't have lasted two seasons.
1: It would have been a a rudder situation.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: And he would have ended up moving to a, with no disrespect to Frankfurt, a lesser side and having to rebuild a reputation.
0: Yeah. To be fair, Frankfurt might have might actually have been, you know, obviously before the signing of Mario Götze, might have been the team for Brandt, in all honesty.
1: Can I, uh, just quickly moving away from uh, Julian Brandt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just want to talk about Oli Burke for a minute, because obviously we've seen him before in the Bundesliga when he played for Leipzig after he signed from Forrest. He scored one goal in 25.
0: Yeah, he didn't have the best time of it at Leipzig.
1: No, he then went to West Brom, failed to score in twenty, got four in fourteen for Celtic, one in thirty-one for Alaves, one in twenty-eight for Sheffield United, two in fourteen for Millwall. So it's not looking Ooh. great. He's now got two and three for Werder Bremen.
0: I think it just goes to show that a player just needs to have that that atmosphere around him. He needs to be in the right surroundings as as much as as much as it seems a little bit almost diva-esque, if you will. A player just needs to have that. That that surrounding. And I mean, you know, he's as you've just uh, stated, he's bounced around a lot of places in in his career you know he's 25 now and he's already seen more clubs than some players will see over their whole careers uh but it just goes to show that i think if you give him the right setting he might just have that perfect it might just click perfectly because i think that's exactly what's happened at Bremen.
1: Yeah, like you say, he's 25. He's in that place where he needs that stability. He needs to almost settle down. And I think Verder Bremen... Well, I mean, there's no better way to endear yourself to an entire fan base than by scoring a late equaliser and then the following week to score a late winner away at Dortmund.
0: And, you know, if we're being honest, it doesn't help a player when he has to... When he has one year basically to find his bearings and and to settle in somewhere, just to have it all uprooted again, I think that if he's now given the time at Bremen and he continues to score the way he is, might actually become a solid solid little player. But you know, obviously, two goals in three games is just, is just a uh, momentary or a momentary uh snapshot of what he can do but yeah if you're looking at what he what he's done overall your stats show it he's already scored more goals in as little games than he did for any other club on his loan transfer and arguably in one of the toughest leagues that he's ever played in
1: i think it's early days yet but the way that verder are playing is really good they just need to tighten up at the back a little bit but I think yeah. a, a lot of people might have to revise their preseason predictions about whether they go fair. down or not.
0: To be fair, I know I'm, I pegged them to stay up. I yeah, thought they, they were traditional clubs to to they were they had they had the tradition they only spent one season in the second Bundesliga. They they were going to stay back up.
1: Before we uh, move on to unserious title contenders. A little bit of breaking news. I've just had a flash up on my Twitter from uh, your friend of mine, Florian Plattenberg. Ah,
0: oh, plenty go.
1: There we go. Callum Hudson-Odoi is on the verge of joining Bayer Leverkusen on loan, uh, presumably to replace Bella Rabi and Amin Adli, because they're both injured. Uh, whether there's an option to buy yet is... Uh, needs to be sorted out but he has no future under Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. So I know you wanted him at Bayern but well, you, that is you're finally going to see him in the Bundesliga. I have
0: to, okay, I have to comment this because think about the fact that Bayern were willing to spend, you know, 35-40 million a few years ago on Callum Hudson-Odoi. That's insane. To think where it's gone, just because he hasn't had the chances and he hasn't been able to play in the last few years at Chelsea. And it just goes to show, you know, that that, that decision-making, like, right? You know, yeah, Frank Lampard tried to promise him that he would be playing week in, week out, and, you know, he'd be looking to use or utilize the young players. That just didn't happen at Chelsea, did it? With the exception of Mason Mount, maybe. If you take a look at the players who are now right, or who are right now getting played,
1: yeah, him, Rhys James, maybe, probably the other one.
0: Yeah, okay, I'll I'll take Rhys James into that as well. But you know, it, when you take a look at the fact that that was one of the main reasons why Hudson odoi ended up staying at Chelsea, that's just gotta hurt.
1: Yeah, look, he missed he missed fifty eight days, which worked out of fourteen games last year with problems with his Achilles tendon. You know, he ruptured it back yeah. in eighteen nineteen. Yeah. So it's, that's not an easy thing to come back from. But I, you know, I definitely think the way he plays, the flair that he has, he will do wonders in the Bundesliga. I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing him play.
0: I was about to say, it's just the, the fact of being able to see him play regardless of which whichever league he is doing so in. The, the worst part about that is
1: is that Chelsea are apparently willing to spend like £60 million pounds on Anthony Gordon from Everton, which is just obscene because he is not that good.
0: You know. If, well, I mean, I already argue that Cucurella for £62 mil is not, or is overpaying by a long shot, but, you know. Well,
1: you know, we can cover that. We can criticize that if and when it happens, but yes, let's finish this episode by taking a look at whether the Bundesliga title race is already decided and we'll uh we'll have a little dig at the unserious pretenders to the throne
0: here's the thing right because everyone complains about the fact that in the Bundesliga they're not able to basically or the you know, obviously, it's a one-horse race, and they're not able to get another club in who are able to finally take it to Bayern. And you just have to say the fact that, you know, Dortmund probably ramped up their defense like no other team, securing moves of arguably Germany's two best center backs. And then you had, and then you fast forward to the third match of the season, and you're conceding three goals in two minutes, uh, three goals in six minutes, and you're conceding the first goal of those three in the 89th minute. That's just laughable. You know the memes were popping off. You know about the fact. You know it was like, and then they said. They'd signed the best centre-back duo in the league. Like, come on, man. That's just depressing. You, You can't complain about the fact that Bayern have a hold on the Bundesliga if you still, by some miracle, manage to blow a lead in the 89th minute. That's the thing that sets Bayern apart. It's not the fact that they can get top players in and whatnot. It's the fact that they have a level of consistency that no other team in that league can get going. That's the main. That's the thing that sets a Bayern apart from every other team in Germany. It's the consistency.
1: I I can't argue with it, but it's nothing new that we've seen from Dortmund or like you know we we mentioned this. I think was it a couple seasons ago? Bayern kept dropping points, and we were expecting yeah a decent title race but then Dortmund would go and lose Leipzig would throw away
0: you know again you had this that they shouldn't lose we had this in the season 2018-19 and in the treble winning 2019-20 season both seasons and Bayern still walked away with, with the title and then one of those seasons they walked away with six I obviously know that, you know, Dortmund and Leipzig and Leverkusen and all that, they didn't, you know, play in every competition that Bayern played in. But what I'm still saying is that, you know, in a season where they were dropping points, they still managed to win six titles. If you're not capitalizing on a season where Bayern seem to be showing some form of letting up, then you shouldn't be asking yourself why the Bundesliga has is, has become such a Bayern monopoly. Basically, a Bayern monopoly isn't even doing it justice because that'd be implying that Bayern basically have have a monopoly hold on the league, which they don't. But they it's it's basically you know they they're basically always asking, oh, why are Bayern have such a hold on the on on the leagues? Because you don't perform consistently. Don't start looking at oh, they always buy the best players. Like, I'm sorry, Dortmund buying Schlotterbeck and getting Zule. Like, you can't be saying shit about taking other teams' best players. There's no excuse. Absolutely none. It's all down with the clubs now. It's not down to the fact that Bayern have bought the best players. No.
1: Again, I can't disagree, but I mean, you look at it. Leipzig are 11th, right? So they drew one all with Stuttgart. They drew 2 all with FC Kern. And then they lost so union berlin who've just lost their best player in time a one e
0: and they also and their best midfielder with uh, grisha probe as well
1: you, you know and they've got they got a player out who's having chemo and it probably would be a good time to play berlin because they you know they've not strengthened as much as probably people
0: would have liked but union are still at the top of the league or in the top Few places in the league because of what they've done. They, I'm sorry, Union are a team who, as you've said, have lost that many players and they still managed to be third after three matches with seven points.
1: You know, you've got Christopher and Kunku and Timo Werner playing highest up for or furthest forward for Leipzig, and you've got Chiraldo Becker and uh, Theusen Shibatchu up front for Union Berlin. People would put their houses on Nkunku or Werner scoring in that game instead of the other two for for Rooney on. It's it's I don't know what's going on because again, Simican, Willy Orban, Josko Gvardiol. Okay, yeah, okay, they didn't have Peter Galacci in goal, but that defense is more than good enough.
0: Oh. Without a shadow of a doubt, and Vidi Orban still scored as well.
1: So, I, it's difficult to uh, disagree with you. The fact that this is now on the contenders, this is now on the the, the ones that want to dethrone
0: Bayern. Exactly, and you, I'm I'm in full agreement with what um, Dortmund's CEO said, um, Hans-Joachim Watzke. He said it can't just be on Dortmund to basically kick Bayern off the throne. That is full, That fully, fully correct. It is completely true. You can't just rely on one team to basically say, okay, we're going to take it to Bayern every year. But it's just, it, we're talking about the collective effort. You know, we're talking about a team with Leverkusen who sit bottom of the league because they haven't won a single game. And they were supposed to be one of the teams who were getting Champions League football minimum. That is just not good enough, not not by any standard. And yeah, I'm sorry, Leipzig got their golden boy back and they kept Christopher and Kunku. They should be doing so much better, so much better. And then you've even got Domenico Tedesco, who arguably as the manager, I probably wouldn't have done this, but he went out in the press conference and more or less said, I gave my boys a tactic and they didn't. They didn't deliver that tactic on the pitch. If you've got the manager of Leipzig saying that after a game, Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't want to know what was happening in that dressing room.
1: Uh, Look, they've got they've got Wolfsburg this coming weekend.
0: That's going to be a hard match as well. Wolfsburg aren't they have quality in that team. I know they're not showing it right now because obviously two points in three matches isn't that great. But they definitely, if if Leipzig are drawing to teams like Stuttgart and uh, Union Berlin, Wolfsburg are another candidate for a point at least.
1: Exactly. And I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. that we didn't want players to leave the league. We didn't want it to be a constant conveyor belt. But honestly, if I was Christopher and Kunku after the performances that he put in last year, yeah, I would be, I'd have my bags packed already waiting for the exit door next summer.
0: Which is depressing because obviously if you keep going every year and you just realize that if in Germany, I want to win titles, it's either Bayern or I'm leaving to go to another league.
1: I'm, until they get serious until dortmund leipzig leverkusen anyone until anyone gets serious and stops i, I don't want anyone to think that we're discrediting teams like union or werder bremen but this would you know this is teams that have said publicly during you know past years or previous windows that they want to contend with bayern Exactly. And they're just not doing it.
0: Especially now in a season no.
1: where Bayern are for lying. This isn't like previous seasons where they've dropped some points, they've drawn some games in the opening. They are gone.
0: I'd argue that they are not, well, i say I'd argue. I'm stating they are not missing Robert Lewandowski for one second. They've already got two players who are right now joint top scorers of the league in three goals and three matches apiece.
1: I was going to ask
0: that. They're getting their goals from a bunch of teams. I mean, I'm sorry. Everyone was like, ooh, let's see if they can recreate Robert Lewandowski's goals. And basically everyone at Bayern was like, well, we'll just have to uh you know divvy up the 50 goals onto everyone else's shoulders and everyone was kind of like oh yeah good luck with that yeah what's the goal difference for Bayern at the minute 15 to 1 after three matches that's five goals per match on average they just went to Bochum had a nice little trip up uh up to you know the Rhein-Ruhr area and scored seven away and the best part is because Bayern have so many players who are vying for starting positions, it doesn't matter if you come, come on to the pitch in the 70th minute or the 89th minute or the 60th minute, whatever. Everyone is going and gunning 100% to get a goal. Gnopoli came on and scored. He was nice. injured, but he saw he saw Leroy Sané score, Koman score and give an assist, and he was like ah okay shit my starting spot is definitely in jeopardy i need to go and do something comes on scores makes it 7-0
1: it's, it's silly although as the uh, as the bockham admin did point out on twitter last season or well, they lost 7-0 and then they beat you so i can't wait for the return fixture when they inevitably win 4-2 again
0: well here's the thing if if you have to take a 7-0 bending over every season, to come away with a 4-2 win, you'd start to wonder if that is really worth the trouble.
1: You would. But, you know, let us know on Instagram and Twitter. We'll put a poll out this week as to what you guys think. Is it that Bayern are too good? Is it that the rest of the teams aren't serious enough? Or is it, like we've said, more probably a combination of the two? But I think that's probably all we have time for this week.
0: That's right, guys. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe to AT Sports News on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for daily updates on all things Bundesliga and Premier League. And make sure to check out the 50 plus one football podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify for all the previous episodes. We'd love for you guys to give those previous episodes a listen and maybe enjoy one or two of the good insiders that we have for you on there. But as always,
1: thank you very much
0: for listening, guys. Keep calm and love the beautiful game.